Playlist.io Welcome to the Divorce Devil Podcast, a show tailor-made for those stepping out of the divorce recovery space. Follow your hosts, David and Rachel, as they dive into the all-too-familiar shitstorm of the more-than-interesting end-of-the-road divorce topics, stories, and discussions. While realizing it can be a trying stage, they have been where you are and understand the struggle. And yes, the struggle is real. They know that recovery can be such a clusterfuck. Check out the podcast if you feel like you're juggling chainsaws, then strap in and hold on for some honesty, authenticity, and hard-in-your-face irrefutable truths. This innovative podcast is not for the faint-hearted, so if you can't handle the certain truths, just keep it moving. If you can... Welcome to the show. Welcome, everyone out there, to Divorce Devil, episode 117, David and Rachel on the mics. Today, we're talking about how not to repeat the destructive patterns of the past during your divorce recovery. What kind of patterns would you think people um, repeat destructive patterns? Um, falling into things that in your marriage didn't work, but they were comfortable, and not learning from your mistakes and not like you know it could be anything the friends you had when you're a married couple as opposed to the friends that you have outside now in your divorced life tend to be the same but if you're sticking around with like friends or family or people you know similar to your past life that didn't work in the first didn't place work you're like well maybe they it's gonna work because i'm divorced now well, no, people are still the same and they show you how they are. You just have to find the new normal for you. And you have to learn, too, that not all your friends were your friends. They were your spouse's friends or they were friends that you and your spouse met together. Or maybe you didn't like the wife or maybe he didn't like your friend, but he was friends with the husband. So, so get your own shit. So it and I think when you first go through divorce, too, you learn who is actually your friend. Like there's a lot of like when I when I met my husband, we moved to where he's from. So most of his friends he's known since kindergarten or, you know, parents were friends or whatever. So I had to come in and either adapt to their friendships. Assimilate. Yeah. Or make my own friendships in it. Like if he was friends with a guy and his wife and I became friends, it was great. But if I didn't like the wife or it, it didn't always mesh. So when I got divorced, a lot of those people I just allowed to be his friend because they were his friends first. And yet, do I miss some of them? Yes, because you know I grew to love them. Why? Why he loved? Why exactly? Why he loved them or cared about them or they were his friends? But a lot of them didn't reach out. So then you move on. So what about the term settling? Hmm. Yeah, and I think. You know, when, just just to have a friend, you, yeah. you settle for someone that's not good for you. Yeah. And I think early on in divorce, anybody that has nothing to do with your past life, you seem to want to attach yourself to. Good, bad, and different. So that friend that's going out all the time, knows all the people, knows the places to go because they're single or they're going through divorce, you hang out with them hoping that you or can- the, or, or the key party. I mean, I don't know. Like, what kind of what kind of dating were you doing, buddy? Oh, me? Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. yeah. That's, it's all that's, me. that's me. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Soccer moms. Yes. 
I mean, what happens in Larkspur stays in Larkspur, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, no, so- I drive a Volvo. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy? I drive, I drive a, Volvo. a jet. But yeah, so I think you need to. Um, you really have to learn how to break patterns when you're setting up boundaries. You need to learn like. That person wasn't good for me while I was married. That person probably isn't going to be good for me while I'm divorced. Because I think what has to happen is you have to break down your entire being, your entire self, and know what you like outside of that marriage. Like, I need someone that's going to be a friend no matter what, and I'm going to reciprocate it. If I don't talk to you for three weeks... And I call you like, well, you didn't call me for three weeks. I didn't think we were friends anymore because that has happened. And then there's other friends I haven't seen in like two, three years. And I'm like, FaceTime them randomly and be like, hey, how are you? And it picks up right where you are. So I think a lot of things in your life have to be assessed. And it's how is it good for me? How is it going to benefit me? And you really have to do the whole, how is it going to be good for me? How is it going to benefit me? It's not selfish. What about the destructive pattern of using the kids as as pawns? See, now, I am... The children aren't deciding to get divorced. You're not getting divorced because of the children. You're getting divorced because you stopped communicating, you stopped caring, you stopped respecting, you stopped doing all this stuff. Or it was done to you, either or. Yeah, vice versa. So whatever your reasoning is for it, it has never been... I didn't like the kids you produced. You know, your kid's ugly. Like, it's not the That's kid's our fault. Kid. That's our kid together. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, it's never, people almost have, like, why did you get divorced? Oh, the kids. I couldn't take it. I'm good. I don't need that. Like, that's normally not the reason for divorce, right? Yep. So, why are you bringing that in to fight for your reason for divorce? Like, I don't get it. The I, kids I, don't I, have any part in it. Yeah, and it really comes down to for for my thing. Anything, anytime I've seen that where people do that, it's a narcissism on one side. I'm going to be right. I'm going to control. I need this. I need people to think that I'm fighting for my kids. It's all about my kids. Well, no, it's not about your kids. It's about you being a selfish piece of shit. And sorry, you don't like it. There's another podcast you can go listen to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had that kind of day. I don't know if it's eight. If there's new moons, extra moons. Um, Big, large super moons. I don't know what's happening, but everybody's fucking crazy. Damn moons. Damn moons. But yeah, so I think, and I was, the reason we're going to back to a topic that we have talked about before is because I find myself, now that I'm further out of divorce, going, well, I can just change that person's view now that I'm divorced. They only knew me married. And now I'm divorced. They know just me and not my partner or not my life. And maybe it's a better go. No, it doesn't generally work like that. And so I, I was going back and look at some of the podcasts to see like what state I was in the beginning of my divorce. Cause I know now like two or three people that are just getting divorced. Um, I know some people, you know, David, you've been out of it for a while. Like years and mine's going to be three years divorced. That's forever. I, I know, right? Damn. You just thought about it, right? So I think in order to help myself help others, because that's what I do all day, um, I need to remember like where I was and my place in it. Now that I'm in a, a better place, I remember even like 
even now I'm like, what do I need? Why am I being like this? What's my thing? Am I hungry? Am I mad? Am I actually mad? Or am I worried about something else? Am I, is this from last week? I'm, you know, having an issue or was it because something someone said, I need to rein myself in and see my part in it. And so what happens too is the difference between, let's say it's episode 20 and now episode one. 117, that you have a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and so your outlook's going to be different. Your advice is going to be different. Yeah. Your your advice is going to be more grounded through yeah. your experiences that you've gone through since episode 20-whatever. And a lot of times I'll tell people, hey, start at 47 and then you can go forward or backwards. You don't have to. And a lot of times our titles are funny, but it's a state that we were feeling, like the zombie yep. one or whatever. Hofe, Hofe, our is, favorite. Especially in the beginning of your divorce, you're like, dang, I'm just going to get something somewhere. I don't know what, but Hofe. And I think safe all, sex, of, people, safe sex. all of those phases really teach you what you're not willing to deal with, what you, what you like. I mean, the last time I dated before I was married, I was like 19. All those phases yeah. just set you up to your ultimate divorce recovery. Yeah. And I think it's divorce. We always say is like a grief. It doesn't get better. It gets different. Yes. You've been divorced and things will get better, but it's okay to go back and be like, you know, I'm sad today or I'm this today or, you know, like my daughter's graduating college. And I was like, Oh, like, Oh, okay. Well, I was supposed to do that with my ex, but now I'm not. There's a lot more things that have to work out and who's doing, who's going where, where my son's going to stay when we're there. And just all these little parts now that I thought might have been easier, but if you're in a bad space or, you know, one is not, one partner is not feeling respected or loved or whatever, that could have made a stressful situation for my daughter again. Cause like her high school graduation was a fucking shit show. And I've got a question for you. Yeah. If you were to put a number on your divorce recovery total healing now, between one and a hundred percent, where would you put yourself? I'm probably at ninety percent. Damn. Yeah. When I met you, you were nowhere near ninety. I know. I was yeah. I was like, I don't even know I don't think I even knew what I felt until yeah. I talked it out. And again, I journaled and I can go back and read what I thought I was feeling. But if I'm in a good space and I'm reading that, I'm like, I can't even relate with myself because I'm like so who is that person? What I think too on the top of journaling, you should be like, I am in a sad mood, I am in a mad mood, I am in a I don't know mood. I like I think that's really important too to remind yourself that all those things you can feeling can feel can be different in all the emotions. So you're having a great day. You go back and read, like, oh, I'm better. But you're having a bad day and you go, I feel all of that again, you know, and that's okay. Like, I think what happens too is that, that you go through a healing process and the roller coaster happens, but mm-hmm. the roller coaster ebb and flows are less. Like Christmas, last yeah. Christmas, I was probably like a 60. Yeah, 60%. That's okay. But I because knew, you average 90. But I knew where 90 is. I know yep. where what 90 looks like. I know where, you know. It feels like. Yeah, because like, you know, just recently my ex is moving. He's moving in with his girlfriend. And my little guy is like, I do not want to move again. I'm only this many years. And in the last seven years, I've moved this many times. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, again, 
And he goes, before that, you guys lived 20-some years in the same house, and you got used to it, and you had your things, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, like, okay, like, how, how would have I, how would I have dealt with that going through the divorce when I moved out, and then they moved somewhere else, and we had already moved twice in that process, and um, I don't know that I would be able to handle it. And now I'm just like, okay, well, sometimes it takes a while to find your happy and sometimes it takes a while to make a house a home, but eventually that house will also be your home. And he goes, well, it's okay. You guys are like, you guys are doing good. I just am feeling like, what's my place? Mm-hmm. And so talking through that with him, and then I was able to text my, you know, text my ex-husband and be like, hey, this is how he's feeling. He doesn't want to upset you. He doesn't want you to bring it up to him. But if you can, you know, kind of slide that into conversation, how are you feeling? He may say, hey, maybe dad's feeling the same way, too. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, it's a big change. And, you know, she has some kids who live with her half half time. And, he, you know, they live with their dad half time. And so there's going to be that ebb and flow. There's going to be coming back to our house. And, you know, they live in a development like across the main highway by us. So they're a lot closer. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's easier for him to come come to our house or his dad's house. And, again, how would I have dealt with that? A year, two years ago, totally different. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't have to do like that. Now I'm just like, well, tell me how you're feeling. If you're ever feeling you want to come here, great. If you're ever feeling you want to go hang out with your dad, great. If you need alone mom time, great. If you need alone dad time, great. And I think he's just trying to figure out where his place is. It's almost like those destructive patterns become less too. They get watered down mm-hmm. because you go through it and you know that it's a destructive pattern. So mm-hmm. so you don't rely on rely on it as much. I mean, divorce is like any other like adverse thing we go through. Death, you know, losing a job, all these things. Like someone's sick. There, there's, there's stages. There's times where like, oh, laughter. We we totally believe in laughter. I cry, laugh all the time because I want to stop crying. So I feel like if I start to laugh, it'll make me feel better. And then I'm like, I don't even know why I was crying. I, I mean, I don't know what emotion I was feeling that that happened or. All of those, all those phases that you go through are very important because I think if you miss any of them also, it can slow down your healing process. You know, like yep. if you don't get mad, but you, or you get mad the whole time, but you don't heal at all. It's almost like you miss a step. Yeah. You, you're just going to be angry, cynical person because that person passed away. Well, if they were sick and they weren't going to get better, like, do you want them to suffer? And like, if you don't see the bigger picture and peel those little pieces apart, like the layer, pe- like we always peeling back the onion layer. Um, I think they're all very important things. And again, I, I, you know, July will be three years for me and I still go, um, why, why, why you can be like, why am I this happy? Why am I this? Why is this happening? And then I think my going back to listen to some of the old podcasts is like, this is a really good space I'm in. When's the shoe going to drop? And I don't know if it's in uncertainty or because my son was having, a, you know, some doubts of like. Or because things are going too well. Yeah. And I was like, why? Yeah. How? My job's good. This good. My relationship's good. Blah, blah, blah. Daughter's graduating. One's getting married. All these things are happening. And I'm just like, this is, this is wonderful, but I'm not used to there not being someone sick or this or that or, you know, a death or, you know, losing a job or, or whatever. So I think. It really is my role on me go, it's okay. And if something does happen, you're in such a good space that you'll get through it. 
I think waiting for the shoe to drop has to do with self-love. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a degree of self-love. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you love yourself, the less you think about the shoe dropping. Not that you don't love yourself. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that self-loving incorporates itself with the shoe dropping because we always have that in the, in the back of our mind. Not to be confused with the panty dropping. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, ha- I feel like this is such a somber day. Like, we I need know, to it's laugh. Such a, such a, I had it, such a terrible a, day. We need to do some laughing, so I got you. It's such a serious don't, subject. Don't you worry, guys. Yeah. I got you. But if, <laughs> but if the panties are dropping, then the... Then, then the, you're happy too. <laughs> then, then the shoe drops. You're pretty kinky. Uh, <laughs> as long as there's no animals involved, David, okay. we're, we're, we're not going to send you interventions. Trim your toenails, baby. Trim your toenails. <laughs> That's David's form of rough sex. <laughs> Long toenails. Yep. Howard Hughes. Yep. Ice Station oh. Zebra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's all right. Okay, what were you saying? I just had to break toe it up a jam, little bit. Toe jam. Toe jam. Um, no. Oh, so so the more you so the more you practice self love, I I think the the less you think about the shoe dropping, mm-hmm. and the more you practice self love, the less the panties drop because you're already loving yourself. Right. Yeah. Damn. Yep. You know, I'm good. I know but if, it. But if you got self love and the patties dropping, you are awesome. Yeah. Not to be con- confused with conceited. We. Yeah. Self love is good. Yep. But. <laughs> don't don't overdo it. Yeah. No. And I think a, a lot of divorce healing, divorce re- like recovery, divorce process is absolutely t- one step forward, eighteen back. One yep. step forward. 15 back and you might get hopefully each time it's less back fall um but it's okay if you've been doing great and you take 35 steps forward and you go back to now you're still ahead of the game so each each time you deal with this you know each time there's less steps back yeah and so you you're making progress and it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and just you know hopefully through all your Divorce level topics and episodes and, yeah. uh, you can find, you can find it's okay. It's normal. This, this is how, this is, it's not the exact same as David and mine or anybody else that you know is divorced, but we can all relate to how you're feeling and, you know, why you're feeling it. Like trust is a big one. Like that's a pattern that I was not going to trust anybody with my Ever mommy, again. especially. Ever again. I was never going to trust anybody to like, have, you know, a lot of my issues were outside party too with, you know, in-laws and my own parents and siblings and all sort of stuff and just not being heard. Well, now sometimes I'm like, you're going to listen to me. And I'm like, oh, well, hold on a second. You need to listen yeah. to Rachel, like relax. But I don't also, I also don't want to come off as aggressive. Like I didn't get hurt or I, I was never taken apart. Like I was never considered in the stuff. And that's now, part of not yeah. repeating the same destructive things. And so there's a lot of patterns that can, you know, affect you now. But I think there's some patterns like, you know, I'm now breaking the generational curse. I am now making sure that my children see what a healthy relationship, what healthy communication mm-hmm. is, what, you know, he- and like, you know, co-parenting. If that ever happens to them, I hope they see that, hey, my parents were able to talk it out, do this. It was about my little brother because the other ones are kind of grown, you know. And so now the movements that I make, they are thought out because I would not want anybody to be affected because of my decision to get divorced. They call that intentional. 
Yeah. Rachel is intentional. I mean, mm-hmm. you're also not the boss of me, so. Yeah. So what, yeah. what would be your, since this is a short one, what would be your closing words to people who don't want to repeat the destructive patterns of the past? You have to be willing to see what your patterns are. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time we're in denial. It's like, oh, it's the other person's fault. No matter what. Like, if you're getting divorced, you're blaming someone else. You're blaming someone else for what you're feeling or how you're feeling. Again, it may be someone else's fault. It may be your fault. You have to forgive yourself enough or move move on enough to say, here's what pattern I will not com- repeat. Here's what I think I need to do that. And that might not always be right because if you don't know that that pattern is bad and you keep repeating it, what's that called? Insanity, right? Yep. So you don't, you may not know that you're insane or you're overbearing or you're this or you're naggy or until you don't have that other person around you like, oh, I would have been mad at them or I would have done this. Or I think we really need to take our own stake in divorce. Yes, it may be another, your spouse's problem or what they did or whatever but you had to have had something in it were you not reciprocating were you not communicating did you close off did you you know let other people decide for you like there's there's something in it i think what happens too is that you know we talk about the trifecta yeah see it recognize it Mm -hmm. and fix it yeah. You know, you got to be able to do those three stages in order in, in order to get out of the rabbit and hole. And if you don't know how to fix it, of course, just listening to the podcast mm-hmm. is great. But get help. It's yep. okay to seek out therapy. It's okay. And I don't men, just mean the drunken friend. Yep. I mean <laughs> the drunken friend girl. I can't yeah. help you, girl. girl Listen to me. You just leave him behind, leave girl. Him, girl. You know. But yeah, it's I hate okay, my husband men. too. But you leave your husband first, girl. Yeah. You go first. Let's see how it works. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and again, it's it's okay to talk about your feelings. I think we need to talk about our feelings more. And like you know, again, it's okay to feel what you're feeling, and it's okay to let yourself feel and heal and move Don't on. Do it. Yeah. So break the patterns. Know that stop every, the craziness. Yeah. Find yourself an outlet if it's a sport, journaling. I mean, we podcast. Come on, be a guest. I mean, panty dropping, whatever, I mean, whatever it takes. Damn, yep. get it. Yeah, get strip, it. Strip dancing, strip club dancing, strip club dancing. There you go. Get it. Get yourself a name like Cinnamon. Get it, girl. Oh, my new, uh, my new uh, stripper name is Copay. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't even ask. Don't even ask. Okay. Yeah. Co-pay. I need to know after. I don't know. You're like, hey, I come need- come into the stage, on stage. To copay. Let me see your teeth. <laughs> Let me see your gingiva. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. All right, you everybody. Close. I don't um, know what else you're going to get. <laughs> how not to repeat the destructive patterns of the past yeah. episode uh, 17. 117. 117. Dude. Dang, that's a lot of episodes. I know. Uh, and, and like Rachel said, when you listen to us, start in the middle. Yeah. Don't don't start at one. Because we're like Yeah. It, we're all over the place. Forty seven's my favorite. I mean give yeah. no fucks. Yeah. But um find find your happy. Find your episode. Yep. Find your find happy. a therapist. Yep. If you feel like you're three years out and you haven't healed or you haven't been able to laugh or you can't move on, get help. If you can't laugh at our podcast, you need some help. <laughs> Yeah, because that shit is I mean, stupid, not all of them are super fun. funny, but I mean, we are funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a nice night. Bye-bye. Bye. Love ya. Bye.